Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Uh, the sandbagging is over. The time is here. It is, it is time that we make our predictions. Yeah, and we do this disclaimer every year, but I, I feel like i got to throw it out there again. If you don't like my picks, that's your right. I challenge you to do this exercise. And and and, and, and if you want to get and, and same disclaimer for, for me. Because um, did, did you, you know that for every game, one team wins and one team loses? I have heard that rumor. Every single one, yep. 100% of them. Even when it's two Big Ten teams playing each Even other. Even when both teams are good, one of them loses half the um, time. Um and, and and if you if somebody wants to give feedback on why they think this won't happen or that won't happen, I love that. Just don't be if your thing is you're an idiot, if that's it, you know, the, the conversation's over at this point. Just give me reasons why you think I'm an right. idiot yeah. and then we can talk. Right. So feel free to criticize. In fact, we like the interaction, but you gotta back it up with something. A little something. And I in the supreme way to back it up is to then uh, uh, supply your own picks, and then we'll see who's better at the end of the year. Correct. Yeah. Because um, the funny thing is, uh, I, I mean, I we spend a lot of time on this. You know, we 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 talk a lot about these teams. We learn a lot. We talk to our insiders. Um, my guess is a lot of our picks will be similar. With that being said, there is the potential that my wife could just pick up a schedule pick all of the games and do as good or better than either one of us. There's no doubt that could happen. <laughs> it's kind of depressing. <laughs> That's a little depressing. Yes. It's it's almost like addition by subtraction. You know, yeah. like you're, you're, you're working so hard that it actually hurts you. Um, one thing we need to do a shout out here to Perkins Penguins. For sure. Yeah. Thank you, Perkins, for putting together our spreadsheet, which is amazing this year. I mean, did you find any errors? I didn't find any not, errors. Not, not that I saw. Okay. And he improved it upon last year. I think year. so. And there is a there's some like playoff predictor website. Uh, Hot guy Matt uh, uh, directed me to it. It's fine. It's what most people are using. Okay, but but Perks is better. That's just all there is to it. I'm, I might be biased, but you it's, got some Amador swag coming your way, Perk. We'll figure out how to do it in some capacity. Yeah, we got to figure out how to how to pay you back for for all the hard work. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Like you, you choose games, you hit the update, and it, Boom. it updates all the standings and everything. Way to go, Perk. Really good. Uh, made life. 10 times easier for us. Like it would just, I don't know how we would do it if Perk didn't do it. I mean, I guess we Well, remember, I put a spreadsheet together the first couple of years, but it didn't, it had no macros. Yeah. Nothing was automated. You just had to go through and put everything in there, make sure you didn't have any mistakes, add it up yourself. Per, that's the, the macros is, that, oh. that's his wheelhouse right there. Boy, so. and I, I, I've never delved into any of that in, in the spreadsheet world, but just reading some of the macros that he had written, I'm like, I don't know what that means. Yep. I, I wouldn't even know where to start. I know the basic <clears throat> ones, like some. I know that one. <laughs> that, that I can find. Multiply, yeah. divide. Yep. I've got all those, all those down. Subtract, I've got <laughs> that one too. Um. Couple, I got a couple more things on the predictions, things to to make here. But I, before we get too far into that, I guess um, the Big Ten TV deal is essentially finalized. Um, we don't feel like we have a, a ton to add because all the things we kind of talked about on the last podcast, essentially 
that's what, you know, it, it was an open rumor at that point. Essentially, it all just got confirmed from what we saw from the TV deal. Did, was there anything in there that, that well, stuck out to you? The only thing that stuck out is that Kevin Warren made a specific point to say we're not done adding teams. Correct. So, yep. fasten your seatbelt. Yes, and I I mean, I think for the most part, that's what people thought. I, I still think it's a hold pat at USC and UCLA until the Notre for Dame now. chip falls. I Once think. that falls, then then yeah. all hell could break loose again. Uh, but it also seems like that it, it's it's going to uh, take uh, take place out west. I mean, no ACC teams were listed. The for ones the, teams. the ones that were mentioned: Notre Dame, Washington, Oregon, Cal, Stanford. There you go. Those five teams were, were specifically mentioned yeah. in the um, article I read. And then the other thing that I saw this week is that um, in some form or other, uh, the political push out west is to keep uh, UCLA in California. Well, I mean, it's going to stay in California, but not join the Big Ten. Um, that That's the there's, oh. there's stress being applied there. Uh, for some reason, oh. it wasn't being applied to USC. Maybe it's like a private. Well, USC is private, private so. yeah. Um, anyways, uh, I still think there's a very high chance that UCLA will be in the big 10, but I suppose you got to give it a shot and it's politics, right? Like you gotta, yeah. you gotta grandstand to see, to say, Hey, I tried. Um, yeah. so kind of back to the predictions pod and, and everything, um, Kurt and I will go through, this is how we've done it the last couple of years, pains and gains. So we're actually going to go through each team and give our reasons why we could have ranked them higher or a reason why. Um, perhaps they could, you know, they could be lower or whatnot. And then by the time we get to the picks, we'll just kind of give you the pick straightforward on how we see the predictions. That way it's a little bit easier for you to uh, uh, take in uh, what we have for our predictions uh, for where people finish. Um, So one thing that I want to say is that um, there was a, there was a nonsensical (laughs) uh, argument like a week or two back on Twitter saying that, Using things in the past to project forward is useless. <laughs> no, complete, I I completely disagree with that. I, I completely disagree with myself. So, there's, I mean, I use a lot of... Because there's so much continuity with coaches in the Big Ten. Yeah. When you start getting, you know, this coach is having troubles with that coach, that coach is having troubles with this coach, I apply that moving forward because there's something there... With that being said, I, I see what you're getting at. Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, no, know, I, I think about that when I do these passes. An, an easy one would be uh, Ference has trouble with Purdue. with with Brom. Brom has, has trouble, trouble with, with Fleck. Yep. Fleck has trouble with Ference. You can't, you can't tell me those things. There's not something to that. Right. It's not just mathematics. No. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So I use that. With that being said, you can't do it carte blanche. You have to try to pick and choose an example being if you were using history, you would have never picked Michigan to beat Ohio state last year, but, but Michigan broke through. So I tried to pick and choose, you know, when to break away from the norm. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. I don't know if you had a little bit of that application of that technique yourself. Yeah. I think I, I definitely take that into account, but there, I didn't go chalk on that this year. Okay. Yeah. I don't, think I went chalky and I'm very yeah. interested to see how where you didn't go chalky either. Um here's another thing. I feel like everybody just looks at the schedule and says, well this team has an easier schedule so they're going to win more games because of it. Obviously schedule will play into my picks and I'm sure yours as well. 
but I, I tend to be a person that looks at the team and the program maybe harder than the, the you know, fly-by-night fans just look at the schedules. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess so. I, point I'm trying to make is I feel like people put too much emphasis. Too much on the schedule. Just on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Because team... really, when you have a, a tough schedule, it's usually just a play of like one team or two teams, you know? Okay. Or one game. Really, it like, okay, they have a terrible crossover. Well, it's really just one game. It is one game. Yeah. That is a great way of putting it. Um, an- another thing that I would point out is typically when somebody says that team has a tough schedule, one of the more common things with those teams is that they're probably not that good themselves. Isn't it funny how Alabama and Ohio State, I mean, their schedules typically look easier because they're the best team on their schedule. Illinois has got a tough one every year. (laughs) I just think it's worth mentioning. The other thing too, is like some of the teams that if you've listened to our podcast, you've probably been clued in that we think are going to struggle. I'll say Rutgers. Okay. If they have an upset over somebody in conference, suddenly their schedule looks much more manageable to say, make it to a bowl game. So one game, Right, yep. one game, one win, can suddenly make a schedule "quote unquote" not so tough. Yeah, and and it's it happens fair. every single year, uh, so it's definitely something worth uh, um, pointing out. So, speaking of scheduled, I don't know about you, I have about a half dozen games where, like, if I knew the outcome of these games, I feel like I could. Any sure. of us could predict at a at a much higher, yeah. uh, like right away, week one. Penn State Purdue. Oh yeah, that's such a great game. That's one. That's the most intriguing game I think of the first two weeks. I I, I I think, and it's crazy because Notre Dame, Ohio State is mixed in there. But let's be honest. I mean that 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 can make a difference, obviously for national championship, but for the conference, it would make very little difference. I also think you know Ohio State's going to win week five. This is this is a, a personal one of mine. Look at where it falls on the schedule for Michigan State, but Michigan State at Maryland. That was a tough one for me. Okay. Uh, we, yeah, that was tough. Tough one for you. Okay. Was, yeah. Week eight, Illinois at Nebraska. That one is is tough, right? Uh, where it falls on the schedule. Is, yeah. um, week 10, Iowa at Purdue. Uh, this has been a game, obviously, that's been in contention. Then turn right around week 11, Wisconsin at Iowa. All of these games you would think are like field goal games. And then finally, the last week of the season, <laughs> Michigan at the horseshoe. You know, these are the type of games. Like, obviously, there's other games. Penn State, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. Um, we could, you know, definitely add Penn State, Michigan on there. But long story short, these seem to be the one that are like the jump balls that will make a big difference for who's getting to Indy and then just sure. the overall overall record. So, um, yeah, there you go. Should we go ahead and get into the pains and gains? Yeah. Okay, we are going to start first with the Big Ten West. So what we will do is go down alphabetically with these teams. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll kind of give the pluses and minuses, essentially, of what we factored in to where they, they finished. Uh, then Kurt will give his Big Ten West standings first on his standings. I will do mine second, and then we'll switch over to the East. Okay. Ready to All go? Right. All yeah. right, starting up. Illinois, fighting Illini. All right. Pains and gains, huh? Pains, you, you're still at the bottom looking up. It, every team you play just about is going to be more talented or equal talent than you. So you're still playing against that. The gain for me is the new coordinator because that it just did not go well with Tony Peterson last year. Let's be honest. 
Can't believe he'd made a change after one year, but it can't be worse than what they had on uh, offensively last year from a creativity standpoint. So I think the gain is just a new look offense. Kind of the same stuff. I mean, the pains is I don't think the roster is there just yet. I think the front 22 is good. I think injuries would be as catastrophic to Illinois as any team. Uh, So if there's a stretch in there where they lose two or three games, because a couple key guys go out that if there is a, a losing streak, that's how I would see it is because of injuries. I, a great point. I mean, let, let's take, for instance, middle linebacker. I love their starting middle linebackers. If one of them gets injured, I don't love their starting linebackers there anymore. There Literally one, just one of them. And it's, it's all, I think it's the all 22 for Illinois. I think it probably is. That's probably right. So, and that's, that's not on Bulma yet because he's just getting this going, which, by the way, gets me to my gains. I believe in Brett Bulma. Like, I saw a, you know, um, Big Ten Network classic, and it was Wisconsin taking down Ohio State. Big game mm. 10, 12 years ago. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I know exactly. Beetle, yeah. Beetle's the coach, you know, a younger, thinner Beetle is the coach. And, like, I, I think people have forgotten that, that, that obviously the position Beetle is in when he took over that program, it was in a good spot for Alvarez, but he took it higher. Okay. And Chris and even that weirdo Gary Anderson, neither one of them have been able to get it to where Beetle's at. So my trust is with Beetle. You brought up the offensive coordinator. I would bring up Ryan Walters even more so for, for the coordinator I trust. Oh, by the way, I expect the rushing attack to be, to be really good. All right. Next up, Iowa, the Iowa Hawkeyes. So I made a promise on Twitter, so I'm going to say this right here. The the only person on offense, on Iowa's offense, that I feel great about is Monty Pottybaum. And then our tight end. Sam Out, Laporta. Sure. Outside of that, I see question marks all <laughs> over the place. So, so there's um, – I do think things will improve, but the depth and talent at wide receiver is very concerning. For Iowa mm, fans, yeah. um, I think you're going to see a lot of 22 personnel, which means a running back, a fullback, and two tight ends because the wide receivers are neither dangerous mm. nor deep. Okay. There is not a guy on the roster that I can see that is a guy that is open when he's covered. These guys are going to have to get schemed open to make big plays. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's tough. Yep. Um, great points there. Um, yeah, I mean the gain or the pain has to be on the offensive side. Um, I, I, I'm kind of I'm gonna go kind of with the Illinois theme. You, we need some creativity there. Yep. You, need, you need to scheme guys like you said, scheme them open. So yep. that's the that's what we haven't been seeing, and are we gonna see it this year? Um, another pain is the schedule. That would be a time when I would bring up the schedule. The crossovers are Michigan and Ohio state, Ohio state in the horseshoe. And then even getting Rutgers, you have to go on the road to play Rutgers. The gains, it's pretty much everything else. I am supremely confident in the D line, in the linebackers, in the secondary and in the special teams, in the overall position that, Kirk Ferentz has the program in like I feel great about all of that um the formula that has been working for 20 years but definitely the last five or six seven years which is force turnovers limit turnovers control the 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 clock all of that seems to be right in front of this Iowa team and in in my own personal probably projection 
I think Iowa's offensive line and rushing attack is going to be vastly improved over where it was last year. Yeah, Gain is the two Williamses at running back. I love that. I love the way that they looked as compared with Goodson, who, by the way, is looking pretty damn good in the, For the Packers. Yes. Yep. Yep. My goodness. Um, but just to add to that, this to me right now, if it's possible, the Hawkeye defense appears to be peaking. If you look, you know, from years past and maybe to years forward, this is the peak right now. I think they're at it. Could have the best defensive line, probably has the best linebackers, top handful for defensive backs. So on paper, this is the best defense in the conference. Great. Something something to be proud about. All right, you're up next with the Minnesota Golden Gophers. All right, Golden Gophers. So start with the let's start with the pains here. The pains f- for me um, is, how do I say this? Just the big names on both sides of the line. Where's the big name, the big talent there? I'm not saying they're not talented. I just, there's no one that pops out at you. That's my, and when you're talking about the trenches, especially in the West, that's important. I I, I literally have lack of star pop outside of Mo Ibrahim, who definitely has star pop, but out the the lack of star pop on both sides of the ball is something to bring up. Here, here's a pain that I wanted to make sure I brought up because I totally forgot to to mention this person. I'm dead serious when I say this. No co-keefed from last year's team. Yeah. I think that is a massive loss, and it was a massive oversight by me to not bring it up when we broke down Minnesota for people mm. that they're going to miss last year. That guy was an all-everything-for-them type of guy, so they have to have some sort of semblance of a power-rushing attack without him or that massive amount of offensive line. So I think it is going to be a different-looking rushing attack this year, which could actually lead me into some some positives here. Here's another thing, too. Consistency with pass catchers. One game, Dalen Wright and Brevin Span Ford look like Randy Moss and Antonio Gates. The next game, they're on the back of a carton of milk. So they have got to stay on the field and stay consistent. On the gain side, this might be the only team in the Big Ten West and in the in the entire conference that I see no glaring weaknesses mm, yeah. on either side of the ball. There is something that I feel good about or 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 even sometimes better than good about on both sides of the ball. Okay, and I'll add to that, two really good coordinators here. Uh, both sides of the ball, you have high confidence in both these guys, Joe Rossi, Kirk Shiraka. So another point, the veteran leadership that I think they have, especially on the offensive side of the ball with Tanner yes. Morgan, with Mo Ibrahim. Tanner Morgan, Mo Ibrahim, it is my personal belief that Mo Ibrahim is healthy and ready to roll. And I think they've got depth behind him as well. I am buying the hype, if you will, that Dalen Wright, that the light has come on, that the receivers, that he will fit into that role. I believe the same thing for Brevin Spanford. So even though I kind of besmirched him a little bit before, I think they're going to take a big step up. Whereas the offensive line might not be able to lean on people like it did last year, I think it's going to be actually more athletic and better in pass pro, which is actually going to be another thing that's going to help the passing attack. One thing out. one thing that I took from the very little, by the way, that I watched of the BTN Road Show because they just they destroyed it this year. But one thing I took from it was how impressed the crew was with the depth on both sides of the line. For yes. Them. So even though I specifically mentioned lack of star power, I don't think they're going to be bad by any means on, right. on both sides of the line. No, it's like one of those deals where um, you don't see an A 
or even A minus player, but there's just a whole bunch of B players. Right. And you can win. You with can those yeah, types that's of guys. Right. All right. Next up is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. All right. The Scott Frost tenure has been bad. I, I don't know how else to to say that. I don't think I'm 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 overstating things right there. And it's hard for me to come up with an example of a coach that's been at a spot for three or four years in this case that can suddenly pull it back out from the, the, you know, kind of weird nosedive that it's been on. Yeah. So that is just a, a, a tough thing for me to, to grasp and see. Yeah. The other side of it is just the offensive line. Um, I don't, I don't believe in it. I, I believe that is the, what ha, that has struggled the most on the entire both sides of the ball has been the offensive line and pass pro. Okay. Now we are switching to an offensive coordinator and Mark Whipple that wants to throw the ball yeah. to set up the run. That's right. how he has done things recently. Yeah. I don't see the offensive line to protect to do that. And I, I'm 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 going off of Mickey Joseph's own, you know, uh words that he's looking for somebody to step up in the wide receiver room. Uh, where Whipple is de- typically taken off is when he has had one singular stud wide receiver. Uh, definitely had that last year at Pitt. I don't know if I see that in this in this room. So that is the stuff that that would concern me. Along with it, what is the rushing attack going to look like now that we've taken the quarterback rushing threat, not completely eliminated because I think sure. Casey Thompson is mobile, but but. Adrian Martinez was oftentimes the leading rusher of the team. Oh, no, he, You're we, not going to have right. that this year. No. So I think that's something that could hurt the, the rushing attack as well. So um, Robert Rosenthal from, um, from Alina Board did a great – so I'm adding to what you said about this being the fifth year, right? He did a great analysis because he was desperate to find like an example where – Okay, in going into his fourth or fifth year, Lovey Smith could just take off here. He found very few examples of this with getting that deep into your your tenure, and it, you take off in the fourth or fifth year. And when it happened, it was usually just a single year spike, and then the, they come back down. So I'm just adding to yeah. that that if you look historically, that really is the case. That it, if it's not going to take off to the fifth year, it, you know, if you're in the fifth year, it's probably not going to happen. Right. And if it does, it's usually a flash in the pan. So I'm not feeling great about that either. Gains, how about this for simplicity? And I think this is what people are seeing. How close Nebraska was last year, okay? And the fact that what was holding them back was turnovers from the quarterback position and special teams, Yeah. right? Yeah. Taylor, uh, uh, Adrian Martinez is gone. Casey Thompson is in. Yeah. There's a very high chance that the amount of Turnovers from the quarterback position have just been taken care of. Sure. With that, I believe Bill Bush has got, you know, they're pooping a group for special teams. Kurt, maybe that's it. Along it could, with their schedule. Yeah, it could, it could be. That's it. That's all it kind of takes is you fix the quarterback, you fixed the special teams. There's talent on this roster. Now go win football games. Yeah, so obviously talent's going to be one of them. They brought in a ton of talent this offseason, one of the best transfer classes in the country. And even though I, I get what you're saying about Cool Whip and the scheme may not fit the personnel quite yet, but it does seem like he's got something there. Like he's he's got the lightning in the bottle right now. So maybe that translates over. And I think part of that lightning in the bottle is uh, Frost needed a sage whisper in his ear that I think Whipple is providing. And I think Mickey Joseph 
is providing the toughness that that has been lacking. So that's those, a good point too. Yep. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of pluses. A lot of things to like here. A lot of things to like. All right. You are next up with the Northwestern Wildcats. Oh boy, Northwestern Wildcats. So starting with the the pains last year. It was a pain watching them play, especially defense, just what from what we're used to seeing and watching them just repeatedly get gouged defensively. It, can, can you flip that around in one year? And was it was Mike Hankwins really that important to this program? And I'm I, my guess right now is he really was that important to the program. I think you could put the Mike Hankwitz loss at the top of the gains last year, this year, and potentially next year. We'll see how this looks. It, it, it just, he seemed to be one of those heart and soul type of guys. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you can't get that back, but you got to find the right guy to get it back. Correct. And then, and what I, what I worry is that that the person to do that is the head coach, but he needs to be the CEO and head coach to a certain degree. Like, I think it's better to have a guy behind the scenes doing it instead of putting that all on Fitzy. And one thing about Fitzy, he's incredibly loyal, maybe to a fault. Yeah, perhaps. Um, the other thing, too, is pass catchers and quarterbacks. Um, all of the things that... Lack of playmakers. Lack of playmakers and lack of and people. It, and I would just say lack of quarterbacks and pass catchers that I just I just trust. But you can even say the same thing on the defensive side, correct? Because they lost their best, their big playmaker is gone. Because like, here's how, because this almost kind of switches over to, to to gains. But like, if if the defense was what you typically expect out of a Northwestern defense, the lack of guys I trust at quarterback and wide receiver wouldn't bother me as much because we've seen Northwestern do it sure. without having amazing people at quarterback and wide receiver. But when you factor that in with a defense yeah. that was so struggled so much last year it all of that again it 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 still seems like it could be there okay gain I like the offensive line I think this if you have a really good offensive line you can win a lot of football games you combine the offensive line I I get it don't have a ton of playmakers but the playmaking becomes a lot easier when you have a good line and then you add in Fitz as the head coach with his wizardry I, I I'm not buying that the wizardry is gone so oh well Yep. Plus coaching. Uh, the, the I would just build on that a little bit to say the offensive line with the running backs. I think this yeah. could be a good rushing attack. Also, it seemed to be that they played a ton of young guys on defense last year. I think you'll see a little bit of maturation here, and they'll look better on defense. All right, I am next up with the Purdue Boilermakers. So as far as uh, pains, like, I know it's unfair, and fans hate it when <clears> – <throat> They say player X leaving is a big deal and they can't replace player X. Like I, one that sticks out for me is when AJ Epinesa left, everybody just thought the entire defensive line was going to fall down, you know, at Iowa and, and it, it upset me. So my guess is it upsets Purdue fans when, with what I'm about to say, but I think David Bell and George Karlaftis were singularly so amazing at what they did. I think, and they stayed by and large healthy too. They mm -hmm. just always came to play. So that mixed in with Milton Wright being gone yes. on offense and uh, uh, losing Brad Lambert as their defensive coordinator. To me, those are four big losses. Two of their receivers, the best defensive player in 20 years? I don't know. At, at Pro Purdue. Yeah, probably. Okay. And their defensive coordinator that from what I 
here, he was the guy pulling the strings behind the scenes. That stuff makes me nervous as a Purdue fan. That's a lot of things. Those are not not one of those is a small deal. I think all four are big. <laughs> those all four of those are big. I mean, Bell, Karlaftis, and the defensive coordinator are massive losses. And Milton Wright's a big one too. M- Milton Wright's a huge one. I didn't feel so bad about Bell being gone with Wright there, but now that Wright is gone, you we're used to just seeing a huge playmaker out there. And we don't necessarily have it. Maybe some someone will emerge. Let me ask you a question. If you had to pick a player, Rondell Moore or David Bell, who would you pick? It's really in, like you have in, to think in, about it, right? In the NFL, I would take Rondell. In college, I would take David Bell. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I'm an Iowa fan, remember? Yeah. <laughs> so he's he still haunts my dreams as far as the but gains. The, but you have to think about like for that, sure. Like most people, like casual fan, would just say Rondell Moore. But I don't know. I think David, I might. Da- your, your your best ability is availability, and Rondell, homie, had some hamstrings that just never seemed sure. to be healthy. So that's definitely playing into it for yeah. me. As far as gains, does it even matter for Brom like Tom who rolls out at wide receiver? Like sometimes you I mean, wonder. that's what I wonder. I, I'm really curious to see how well they do passing the ball this year, because is he really just that good? And as and a great place to start is to have what most people presume to be the best quarterback in the Big Ten West. I, yeah. I don't know how he didn't. I, he didn't have great targets when he arrived at Purdue and he made something out of it. Correct. And Brom even made fun of himself and said he should have been the starter the whole time last year. Remember, they were playing musical chairs at quarterback. He is Definitely the starter at quarterback now. Um, Charlie Jones is going to be an asset for them. Yeah. It is my personal belief that Charlie is a, a an especially good route runner. I don't know if that's necessarily who you want as your number one guy, but they've got a good tight end. My guess is they have other talent on the, the field that is going to wind up spreading it around. So maybe not as consistently dynamic, but I feel like there's enough there. And I, I do feel that there is – it's kind of like Minnesota in that I don't see a difference maker on their defense, but they've got yeah. more re- returning experience oh, on defense than a lot of people okay, that, understand. That's one of their gains is the amount – even though they lose Carl Laftis and Bell, the amount that they have coming back is impressive. Very so, much so they're very – they're uh, a lot of productivity coming back, so very experienced. And then I just – I have – trust in Brom again. I do like, too. I was starting to lose trust. He's got it back for me. Absolutely. All right. Last team up again, alphabetically, Big Kurt, Wisconsin Badgers. All right. Wisconsin Badgers obviously lose a ton off their defense. Obviously not a talented quarterback, or I should say, that's not true. He is a talented quarterback, but they can't get it together. And also I'm going to throw in lack of playmakers as, as a receiving group. Yes. Yeah, All those things, they, there's just not a lot of flash there once you get outside of the trenches and outside of the running game. I mean, right now, it's almost like Iowa's offense, where about the only person I trust is Monty Pottybaum and and uh, the tight end. Here, it's Braylon Allen, and, and maybe I just list off another running back. Yeah. I, I mean, or maybe pick out one offensive line sure. that you feel really good about. That's about it. You you can't feel confident as a Wisconsin fan for Mertz, the the pass catchers, I believe there's something there. You know, they've brought transfers in. There's guys that we've heard good things about, like DK, for example. A lot of Wisconsin fans think the talent is there, but I have not seen it. 
and right. and it you need to actually it needs to Correct. physically happen on Correct. my TV right, screen right. before I believe it will happen on on the gains. Go ahead, gains side. So obviously you do lose a lot on the defensive side, but you got Jimmy Leon Hard back there. So I think he will. <laughs> By the get... way, I know it's, it's Jim Leonard. I just yeah. like to it's it's I, I but think... it's spelled Leon Hard like perfectly. So I yeah. think that's gonna be his name from now. It, on. And it fits because yeah yeah and it fits yeah. Leon Hard because yeah. I got a hard defense. <laughs> uh, but so you can. Combine a good defense with what should be one of the better rushing attacks in the Big Ten, probably but in the Big Ten if you're looking at the Big Ten West specifically, then Minnesota have the two best rushing attacks. So that that usually bodes pretty well for you if you can run the ball and play good defense. <laughs> yes, it, it has worked very well for Wisconsin right. for quite some time. They're going to be able to do that. Um, lost a ton of guys off the defense, but it's a good place to start with Keanu Benton up front. Nick Herbig might wind up being the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. That's yep. another great place to start. Agent Zero, all right, Braylon Allen. Um, you know he's never going to get hurt. He's going to carry yeah. the ball 27 times a game and be fine the entire year. I know he kind of dinged up his ankle last year. And actually, I I, I think Che Louis uh, was actually dinged up last year. I think he'll oh, yeah. be healthier yeah. and look better. I think if – and then if you look at – when the rushing attack took back over, Wisconsin took back over, and Mertz wasn't good, but he was better. I he, think you'll see a little bit different and better quarterback play out of Wisconsin. Yeah, he was actually a better. Not, I'm not saying great, but he better. He was actually fairly consistent by the end of the year. Yes. Yeah. There you go. All right. Here we go, buddy. I just want everybody to know I, I do not know Kurt's picks. I will. Well, yeah. technically, I'll find out before anybody because, you know, I'll, I'll hear it. But as of right now, it, it, it is live. I am listening to Kurt. Start at the bottom and then work your way to the top of the Big Ten West. Okay. okay. So give the yeah. place where they're in uh-huh. and then mm-hmm. record and total record, uh, conference record and total record. <sighs> yeah. Just this is this is the one I don't want to say. Of course not. I don't either. But go. In seventh place, I got. The Northwestern Wildcats, as I'm getting struck by lightning right now from the football <laughs> gods, I have them down there at three and nine. Um, not, you know, not a putrid year because they, they can't be putrid, can they? Three and nine. I think they'll be competitive in a lot of games. I don't think you're just going to be getting blown out. And I got them one and eight in conference. Okay. All right. Okay. Next okay. up. Oh, okay. I'm yeah, going. Go okay. Yep. This is yours. So sixth place, I've got my Illinois Fighting Illini sitting there at a nice. Solid five and seven, respectable record, and two and seven in conference play. One slot up from that, I've got the Nebraska Cornhuskers at an even six and six, four and five in conference, though, not too shabby there. Okay. In fourth place, now buckle up here. This is where it starts okay, getting interesting. I got an idea. I've got Purdue Boilermakers. Okay. I did go with them in fourth place, seven and five record, five and four. In conference, third place, I've got the Wisconsin Badgers at eight and four and five and four in conference. Minnesota is in second place at eight and four, five and four in conference. I've got Iowa winning the West at 10 and two and seven and two in the conference. Just out of curiosity, I'm assuming Iowa's losses are Michigan and Ohio State. No, I've got them losing to Wisconsin and Ohio State. I've got them beating Michigan Michigan at at home. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right. Wow. There it is. Right there. There, there it is. I was so re- repeating as champs of the West. I um, love A couple questions I have for you. Uh, uh, was there a, when did you make your mind up that Iowa was going to win the Big Ten West? Gosh, when did I make it up? I, I, was, I guess what I'm saying was it something that kind of came about to you, or was it over time? I or? was 
I was okay. I guess when I really made it up is when I we really did the deep dive, and it was just their defense. Like yeah. everybody in the West has holes, right? So it's not you're you're not looking at a perfect team winning this thing. Uh, it, I just was overwhelmed by how freaking good their defense should be. Okay. So right. I, it doesn't even matter to me that they're not, if they may not have a very good offense again. It didn't matter last year. Why should it matter this year okay. if their defense is even better? All right. Um, and then you throw in special teams. Then you throw in their style of play. Then you throw in turnovers. All that stuff. I don't. Um, I don't even care if they're offense. Nebraska. You have them at six and six. Uh, six and six. How high? At one point, did you ever have them? And how low at one point did you ever have them? Anytime that I started ha- having them pop up in the top two or three, I just would remind myself, I don't trust this coaching staff. Okay. So I, it, 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 anytime that entered my mind, I immediately Slapped pushed it back. back down. Yeah. Okay. But uh, how low did I have them? I never had them super low because okay. I just feel like they, the they've got a, and... they've got a lot to like. They got too much talent. They got they got a good quarterback. I think they they've got a good scheme. Probably I think better than they've had in the past. So, All right. And I and I trust Chin too. We should probably mention him. Absolutely. Um, and then you got your Illinois Fighting Illini at five and seven. Was there any point where you had him at six and six and then knocked him back just because you didn't want to put the put it out there in the universe? No, no, I never really had them. I mean, they they certainly can make a bowl game. Like if I have them five and seven, they could finish six and six. But it just there's an align item that that factors into this where I can't let that happen. Okay, that's yeah. kind of what I was getting. Yeah, at. so yep. there was a little bit of that. Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, right. there's an align factor. It's it's a constant. You have to put it in the equation. Okay. All right, you ready for mine? Let's go, man. All right. At seventh place in the Big Ten West, at three and nine overall. 0 oh, and 9 in the Big Ten. Mm. I have the Northwestern Wildcats. Mm. Um, I just want to say that I don't think Northwestern is going to go 0 and 9 in the Big Ten again. Uh, they did go 0 oh, and 9 last year. No, they went 1 and 8 last year. They beat Rutgers, I believe. Right. Uh, I don't think they'll go 0 and 9. But something that you have to do when you predict these, because then you have to say, okay, who are they going to be? Sure. And you have to make a big call. So, right. like, this is a little bit with me playing the odds and the percentages okay. a little bit. I'm, th- this is a total CYA comment that I'm doing because I'm basically saying Northwestern's going to go 0-9, and, and I'm also saying they're not going to go 0-9 sure. at the same time. All right, in sixth place, at 7-5 and five overall, 4-5 and five in conference, is the Illinois Fighting Illini. I wow. have them going 3-0 and outside of conference. I expect okay. them to beat Indiana as well. That's four wins right there. Mm. I believe they can get three more wins after that. I got them beating Michigan State at home. Look where the game falls on Michigan State's schedule. Picking up a little bit of steam and beating Purdue. Kind of getting slapped around by Michigan, but then finishing out the year and beating Northwestern. Well, I'm already seven and five. I'm already curious how you have the sixth place team at seven and five. I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah, I mean that's it right there. That's how you do it. Yeah, um, and then next up we've got the Nebraska Cornhuskers at seven and five. Okay, okay. Uh, four and five in the Big Ten. Now remember, if for the way I'm slotting it, if you have the same conference record, I'm going by head to head to be able to slot this down. Okay. So I have Nebraska beating Illinois, so they have the exact same record in and out of conference. I have Oklahoma or I have Nebraska beating Oklahoma at home in a charged up game. I think they start out hot when their first five games and then a really tough, disappointing loss at Purdue. Okay. And then a clunky win versus uh, Illinois. 
and just tough after that. Minnesota, mm -hmm. Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, that is a murderer's role. I have to see it to believe it. I kind of alluded to this before we started recording. Like, I have to see them get over these type of teams before I can uh, plausibly predict it. Then the next team up is the Purdue Boilermakers at 6-6 six and six overall, 4-5 and five in the Big Ten. So Purdue, Nebraska, and Illinois all at 4-5, and five, but I got Purdue beating both Nebraska and Illinois to claim uh, fourth place by themselves, okay? Um Lots of people love Purdue. There's a lot I like about Purdue, too. Just not quite as much as what there seems to be uh, the Purdue love that's out there. Next up. All right, this is where we kind of get interesting, right? Because everybody's doing the math. They know the next three teams. Yep. All right. Next up, at 8-4 and four overall, 5-4 and four in the Big Ten, the Wisconsin Ooh, Badgers. Ooh, really? Yep. Okay. All right. Um, it's going to look like a Wisconsin team. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous. If I'm a Wisconsin fan, on the health of Braylon Allen, the health of Keanu Benton, and the health of Nick Herbig, like I think so much is riding on the health of those guys. Okay. I, I this is the one of the more thinner Wisconsin teams that I have I, I ever remember seeing. Um, I think they'll be not just fine on defense; they're going to be really, really good. Okay. Okay. But not quite to the level they're at, which yeah. puts a little bit more stress on the offense, and they just can't quite have the season that Badger fans want to have. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. In second place at nine and three overall, six and three in the Big Ten, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Oh, really? Okay. okay. Which means at 10 and two overall, seven and two in the Big Ten, I have the Minnesota Golden Gophers. So the only place we vary in terms of placement top is two. the top two. Uh, I I really thought you were going to pick Minnesota. Really? Yeah. I, I had had myself convinced of that, especially when you started going down your picks and you, and you didn't have Wisconsin winning it. Um, there seems to be a general consensus among non-Wisconsin Big Ten West fans, okay, which is predominantly Iowa, Minnesota, and Nebraska fans yep. as far as the people that get chirpy on Twitter, that people are overvaluing Wisconsin and uh, picking them as just the, well, it's Wisconsin pick to win the Big Ten West. Mm -hmm. I tend to believe in those three fan bases that I kind of see that too. I don't see as much about Wisconsin as what people have with Minnesota and Iowa. Now, the funny thing, I have Iowa keeping the pig. Okay. Oh, okay. So Iowa's losses are Michigan, Ohio State, at Purdue, but beating Minnesota. So it comes down to the last week of the season. Minnesota beats Wisconsin to send. So it's kind of a reversal of it was last year. This time they beat Wisconsin and it sends themselves to Indianapolis as opposed to putting Iowa into the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, one of the tougher games for me to pick and pick the way I did was Iowa at Purdue. I actually picked Iowa winning that game and that was kind of the difference between them. You know, it's kind of like, okay, am I going to have them win the West? Well, if they're going to win the West, they probably got to win this game. If and if I have Iowa losing that game okay. in in this scenario, if Iowa beats Purdue, they would go to the West. There that, you go. That would be the essential tiebreaker right there. There you go. Iowa uh, players and coaches are talking a big game about how that one is red circled, and but it just I have to see it. I, have I know. To, I, I, like, I know it. it. You know, it, it's been I, a struggle. I picked it versus Brom. So picked it. Don't feel good about it. 
The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates unique characteristics in each barrel that produce one-of-a-kind whiskeys. Amador is made to be sipped neat or is perfect in your classic bourbon cocktails. Just like your favorite go-to Big Ten football podcast, Amador is the go-to whiskey this football season. Don't forget to check out... Don't forget to hashtag Ask for Amador and also check out our new website and finder option so you can see where to find Amador near you at www.amadorwhiskeyco.com. Amador Whiskey, born in Kentucky, raised in California. All right, moving on quickly to the Big Ten East. Again, doing this in uh, alphabetical order. I will start up here. We'll go back and forth, and I will be the first one to give my Big Ten East predictions. First up, the Indiana Hoosiers. The Pains are all new faces, new schemes, new players, and you know, on a team that seemed to be built on cohesiveness and like mm. the, the the they gave you the good feels as mm. a team and program. Yeah. Can you pull that back out after such a destructive and disappointing year? I mean, it was the first time being ranked preseason since the 60s. They were that was out of the door right essentially from the first quarter. They never seemed to get anything back. I just feel like that is, you know, it's a, it's like something heavy moving downhill. And have we reached bottom yet? I don't know. So you're saying Leo may not stand for love each other more, maybe more like like each other. We kind of like each other. Start there first. See if you can Gotta get, get, a, back. Gotta get, get a couple that, first dates first. Flip that like back to love. That's what we need to do. And we and that's assuming that they like each other right now. We're joking here. Obviously, they do. But the, I think we both kind of see the same thing here, which is yeah. it's it's a team psyche thing mixed with – I'm not saying that it is a roster devoid of talent, but there's just nobody on either side of the ball that I, I inherently trust – that I've seen make successful plays in the Big Ten, especially over, you know, a nine-game nine Big Ten season. Yeah, and I'm going to add to that as well. We've had an offensive line problem. Even when this team was pretty good, they, they had a suspect offensive line. You can't not have playmakers and also have a poor offensive line. So that's that's my biggest pain right there. Absolutely. As far as the gains, all new faces, new schemes, new players. I mean, the offensive coordinating last year, it was bad. Mm -hmm. I think you could make a argument that it was some of the worst offensive play calling and play design in the entire Big Ten last yeah. year. I mean, they were in the they're on the short list of poor, uncreative play callers. Um, I like that Tom Allen is taking over the defense. I, I think that is a good move by him. Um, and I think the schedule is gettable early to get the Leo, the real Leo, up and running and back going. Uh, to, to, and then maybe that snowballs into a good thing. Okay, so to me, no team needs a better and quicker start to the beginning of the season than Indiana. And I think there's definitely a pretty decent chance that they can do that. Okay. I love their defensive backs. If you can shut people down, it helps your defensive line. The defensive line is actually old and experienced. So I, I like that too. You have Tommy coaching them. I think he can coach them up. I think the way that they get to a bowl game is through defense this year. And then I'm going to throw on top of that counter Basilak. I don't think is getting enough attention. Agree. Thank you for bringing up Connor yeah. Basilak. It is a 
a sneaky, really good addition. Yes. What I think could happen to to kind of build on that, live with your defense, limit turnovers, essentially taking a page out of the Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota book. Yep. That is how you just you you take a ton of games into the fourth quarter with a chance to win. I think that's what you're going to try to see out of the Indiana Hoosiers this year. Next up, the Maryland Terrapins. Big Kurt. Okay, so we haven't seen a t- – we both ha- don't have a high trust level in the coaching staff yet. Although, he showed me some stuff last year. I was impressed last year. But we got a lot of new faces on the coaching staff again. The coaching staff seems to every year turn over more than more than a typical staff. That's really the biggest problem that I have right now with, okay. with Maryland. And I, I don't think what I'm going to say next is completely different. I guess my thing is just I, I don't know. I, I'm not 100% sure what I'm seeing uh, on on defense. Um, uh, when the new defensive coordinator took over the last couple games, it did look better. Okay, it did look better, but it doesn't seem to be a, a program that – focuses too intently on defense and schemes on top of that. I do think there's some talent, but it's very thin on defense, especially at linebacker, which I think is obviously tough in the big 10. The other thing too is, you know, it, I just haven't seen it. Okay. When you look at their wins last year, I was curious. So I looked it up earlier today. So they beat uh, three bowl teams last year to get to their seven wins with one of them being uh, in the bowl game. Versus Vatek, who was completely depleted, like hardly anybody showed up for Vatek. The other are we was counting West, West Virginia? Are we counting Rutgers though? Oh, I didn't count Rutgers because tech. Forgot. I mean, they were, so but they weren't. Yeah, depends on where you would come. Yeah, with that. the point I'm trying to make is the I still haven't seen them beat a team that you know. Yeah, yeah, is a really good team, especially right. a, a good Big Ten team. That there very much is a I've got to see that to believe it. Gains with gains, I mean, ton of talent on this <laughs> roster. I, they did lose some talent, especially on the defensive side. But man, playmakers for days on the offensive side. Trust the quarterback, and then I I ripped on locks a little bit just just now, saying that we haven't had a lot of trust in the coach staff. But I do trust him as a play caller. Oh, the guy's got something. He he he's got a knack for calling plays. Especially we talked about before the scripted plays. Man, the first series, watch out. Because that guy, he has something that very few other coaches have when it comes to scripting plays. You basically just read right off my script that I have here. Um, and I will, you know, I, I already kind of said it, but Brian Williams did have that defense looking better. So I do have some faith. We'll see if he can build on that. There is, I guess, the only thing that you could potentially pick apart for this offense is the running backs. Yeah. And where do you want to have your weaknesses that we kind of talked Correct. about? Yeah. Maybe the second best quarterback in the Big Ten probably the second best set of wide receivers, yeah. if not the third. Yeah. The and offensive uh, line yes. is extremely underrated. I know. This is I know. a good and athletic offensive line. I will be shocked if they don't put up a boatload of points on people. Except for the helmets, it's going to be a fun team to watch this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and then I just, again, like, I watched a, it was an Illinois game. Okay. And and it was Illinois. It was actually it was Illinois, uh, Iowa. I can't remember what year. Okay. And they were and Illinois is just working Iowa's defense. And then they mentioned Locks as the coordinator. Oh sure. Or maybe it was Maryland. It was Maryland. Excuse me. Oh. Okay. I can't remember who the uh, 
ironic. It, it was when Locks was the offensive coordinator at Maryland. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and uh, I can't remember. It was a mobile white dude quarterback from Maryland, and he was just carving up Iowa. Okay. And then, and it was Locks calling the plays, yeah. man. Like the dude. He's got a knack for it. Dude, he, he can do it. Yeah. All right. Next up, this is me. This is the Michigan State Spartans. So the Pains. I, I know this is probably beating a dead horse, but I'm still concerned about life without Kenneth Walker. I, I believe that he hid a lot of issues along the offensive line, and I think it went so far as to be it a lot of issues throughout the whole team because he was able to bust out so many big plays. The offensive line is, is a big concern for me. Um, I believe this is going to have to be a team that also fits out of the Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, more complimentary football. Okay. Is that what Mel Tucker and the staff want to do? Um, I, 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 I'm not saying they can't, but if they can't produce the big plays, is there a, a different football team in here that can still find a way to win games? Okay. I'm, I'm going to add something to that. <clears throat> Terribly disappointed in the defense, especially the past defense last year. I don't know how you can have a coordinator I trust, have players that I trust, and give up as many pass yards as they did last year. Something was definitely broken in the scheme. So for me, the defensive, especially pass scheme. Got to clean it up. And to my knowledge, at D coordinator, it's still Scotty Hazleton. We didn't have Correct. a change there, so something's got to look better. Yeah. Now, getting to the gains, this is what I do think will help the defense. I do think the offense is going to be a more ground-and-pound ball control offense, which will help the defense. Peyton Thorne is extremely underrated as a Big Ten quarterback or a or quarterback across you know, every, anybody looking at breaking down teams across the country, Jaden Reed and Trey Mosley are fantastic wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think they get enough talent. The running back room may lack pop, but it's got dudes for, for days. They go three, four running backs deep yeah. that yeah. can pound the ball at you. I expect them to do that. And because of that, I do think it will allow some of the defensive talent to to come alive and, and look a little bit better this year. Similar to what we did uh, on defense, I'm going to say Jay Johnson is a gain here. Jay Johnson was a revelation. I did not like the hire. I thought it was a terrible hire. Uh, he proved me wrong. With all those names that you just mentioned, there's a lot to like still on, on the offense. So uh, for me, it's offensive scheme and Jay Johnson. All right. I like it. All right. Next up, the Michigan Wolverines. Big Kurt started out with some pains. Boy, it's hard to find pains here. Uh, you you do lose a couple really huge playmakers, kind of like Purdue, losing Aiden Hutchinson, David Ojabo on the, on the defensive side. You don't just plug guys in and expect them to be that good. But there's a lot of talent there still. And you got a new defensive coordinator. But as I said, some caveats with both of these these gains here. 3D printer go burr. I don't feel like it's a huge step down from what they had last year. So the the negatives are hard to find and they're not glaring. Glaring. Yes. Yeah. Um we're almost already getting into gains, but but Aiden Hutchinson was a heart and soul guy. Heart and soul guy. Yes. Like yes. generational. His dad played so, there. So it wasn't just the talent. It was also his persona yes. and the, the, the chemistry think, that I he brought. I think there was times where he willed the defense and therefore the team yep. to, to respond around him. So 
I'm not saying one person has to fill the shoes, but it has to be by committee. Also, David Ojabo, Dax Hill, both the coordinators are new. Here's my here's one thing that I would add. I basically just said what you just said. I don't like quarterback controversies, man. Don't like them. Mm. They they make me feel icky. Yeah. And and maybe it's a situation where the outside forces feel a lot weirder about it than the players and the coaches do inside that building. That's that that is my thing, but I don't know. I just don't like it. Gains. Gaines, okay, I wanted to come up with a single word to 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 encapsulate everything that, that makes me feel good about Michigan football right now. So I came up with the word mojo. They've got mojo after what they did last year. Forget what happened in the playoff. I'm just talking about the way that they beat teams down, the way they beat Ohio State down, the way that they manhandled Ohio State and pushed them around, and add on top of that all the playmakers that they have that they haven't had in previous years before last year. It just... They, they have a roster that we aren't used to seeing offensively. Yes. Um, so, ba- you know, w- when, when breaking down the pains, uh, you know, we listed a couple things. So for my gains, it's everything else. I think the Michigan offensive line could give the Ohio State wide receivers a run for their money for the best unit in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. This is a destructive force in my belief, at offensive line. Yeah. Handing it off to two extremely talented running backs, I think they'll find that thumper. Me thinks Michigan probably has a big physical running back on the roster. I think about anybody, any running back in the Big Ten could run behind this Michigan offensive line. Yeah. And look amazing, because by the way, there's a lot of good uh, running backs in the Big Ten. The wide receivers are deep and scary. The tight ends are deep and scary. Sure. Everything about the offense, like the only thing that you could, you know, nitpick is that the starting quarterback from last year isn't, doesn't seem to be elite talented. Correct. Okay. They're, they're, but we might have that quarterback. We still might have, he might be on the roster. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, at worst, (laughs) we have the guy that won 12 games in the Big Ten championship last year. Correct. At best, we maybe have an upgrade over that. The defense is faceless. But very talented. Like, I felt like we were saying, like, eight or nine guys on the D-line, four or five guys in the defense, six or seven guys in the secondary that are talented and have shown flashes. I think it's going to all come together to be a very good Michigan team. All right, next up, the uh, rival of the team we just talked about, the Ohio State Buckeyes. So I'll start off here. The Pains, I think it's been well-documented. The defense, and it's not just, quote-unquote, the defense – it's the lack of physicalness from the defense. So I understand we get rid of the coordinator, the schemes from, you know, like info that I've got from Mr. Ohio and things that I've read. The schemes definitely played into that. Schemes can make you look not as physical. So I think that's a mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So um, um, in comes Jim Knowles. I believe in Jim Knowles, but it seems to be a pretty complicated defense that mm-hmm. takes a little bit of time. Yeah. I expect it to be a quicker version that the, the defense, meaning the defense figures itself out quicker, but I still think this will be kind of a work in progress as the year goes along. Sure. I want to come up with one word for the pains for Ohio state. So I came up with ego, a bruised ego. They got it bruised last year by Michigan and by Oregon too, to be, bit. to be yep. totally honest with you. So can they bounce back mentally from what happened to them last year? That that's okay. that's my pain. Okay. I knew we'd both talk about the defense. Here's just a little crazy one. 
I'm a little concerned about the physicalness of their offense as well. Yeah. Well, sure. Forcing yeah. their will. It's more of right. a, it's more of an agile rushing attack than power. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's why you saw the change in the offensive line. The gains. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I think Jackson Smith in Jibba is the most talented player in the entire country. I, I think he is worthy of being a top three pick as a wide receiver. He's that good. And throw, I just throw Ryan Day and his, I mean, not only coaching acumen, but he's got a swagger about him. I Is it a thing where he's like, eh, we'll be fine. And like he exudes the confidence. So then the, the players get confident and they just come bounce right back and beat Michigan this year. Another thing that helps your confidence is just by looking around at your teammates in the locker room. Well, yeah. <laughs> That'll help because, by the way, we haven't even brought up C.J. Stroud, who might be the best quarterback in the country. Like That's a gain. Like, <laughs> that's, <laughs> I'd call that gain. Travion Anderson yeah. has a chance to be first-team All-Big Ten, if not first-team All-American at running back. Um, they've got other running backs behind him, I think a lot of the issues last year on the defense were younger guys. Okay. They were playing actually quite a bit of younger guys. I think you'll see a, I don't know if I see a Bosa on the D line yet, but they have, they have a, a lot of defensive line sure. that they're going to rotate in. So I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see the secondary pickup. The defense will look better. The defense doesn't even necessarily have to be great. Yeah. And it's actually not even good. And they can win every game on their schedule. I think I'm with you on the defense. I do think it will improve. I think Jim knows how to improve it, but I don't know that it's going to be elite just in one year. It's going to start building its way there. But in the end, we feel so good about everything that they roll out there on offense that they'll yep. be fine, obviously. All right. Next team up, Big Kurt, the Penn State Nittany Lions. Something. So the, the pain here is that I feel like something – overall in the program is just lacking. There's like a, there's a little funk going there's, on. There's a funk. There's a lack of pop there. I just, I guess I'm I not hearing that much out of Penn state. Fans. No, you're not like, hearing a like, lot from them. Like new friend of the pod, Jake, he's had a lot. I don't know. Like I, I typically Penn state fans are much more vocal on Twitter. They're kind of an off season, you know, championship type of fan base as well. I'm just not hearing as much, and I think that's because of the funkiness that we're talking about. Right I think here. so, and I think also they usually have one player that they can really rally around, like a Jahan Dotson. Who would that be on this this roster? It's probably the one I see them rallying around right now is Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford's a good quarterback. I don't think Sean Clifford's a great quarterback. So there's just something missing from – it's not as Penn state as it usually is. Correct, and I think part of that is the offensive line, yes. which has been bad. I mean, I don't it's think I'm, I don't think I'm, and I think a lot of Penn State fans would agree. At the very least, it's been disappointing. Um, and then the other side of it is like, there's kind of weird question marks with the front seven. You know, like I think the secondary is really good. I think there's talent on the roster, but there just seems to be question marks that you would never expect out of having uh, in in a uh, Penn State front seven. What do you got for gains? For gains, I'm gonna go with young talent because we know there's the that guy's there. Jahan Dotson's on the roster. We just don't know who he is yet. Is it Nick Singleton? Maybe the running back. It could be, but you know they they certainly are not lacking for talent. So I'm just it's just, and it'll be fun to find out who that is this year because yes. I think someone will emerge. I think it's gonna be Nick Singleton. Okay, I think it's gonna be both of the two the two new rushing uh, running backs. I think the offensive line will take a step forward, not dominant, but the combination of 
two running backs, maybe three, that are are that good. Along with, by the way, does anybody remember before Sean Clifford went down, he was one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the country, yeah. and they were ranked in the top five. You're that right. Was just last year. You're right. Maybe I'm not giving Clifford enough credit. <laughs> like everybody forgets that yeah. that guy was dropping dimes. He was in games man. last year. Like there has been people. You know, we've we've got the we've got another superstar, five star quarterback on the roster. Okay, there has been not a bleep out of no. James Franklin that he's beating out Clifford. Nope. Clifford is entrenched. He's going to be their quarterback. And I am kind of excited to see what Manny Diaz does with the defense. I am too. Um, he wants to be a head coach again. You know, a great way to be a head coach again, have a dominant Penn state defense. So that dude's got motivation to make this defense look good. And I think you're going to see that. And he's, he's got plenty of talent. So it's, it's on him to make it happen. Last but not least, uh, I'll start out. This is the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. The Pains is, I mean, I could kind of read through some of the stuff uh, with Indiana, but like all new faces along the offensive line. Um, the quarterback situation is less than ideal. We've got a quarterback that's kind of been a meh quarterback throughout his whole career. You don't think it's the guy that's going to carry the program. And that we got the exciting freshman, but it's a freshman. And yeah. we saw him in the bowl game. He looked fine. You can see the talent. I don't know. Like it I think there's that's there is too much to put on a freshman's shoulders behind an offensive line that they are pulling together with chicken wire and bubble gum <laughs> right now, right? To try to make this look good. The losses on defense. It I, was a decent at times defense last year, yeah. And all the playmakers are gone. They are all gone. We're man. starting from scratch on defense. I mean, you as know, well. you know how much I loved. I know they weren't a great defense, but individually there was a lot of talent on Correct. that defense last year. It's almost all gone. It's almost all gone. And then some of the guys they're excited about got hurt yeah. in the off season. Here's another thing that is painful: at Boston College, at Temple, Iowa, at Ohio State. At Minnesota, Michigan, at Michigan State, Penn State, at Maryland. There's just not sweet a... <laughs> baby Jesus. There's not a your two non-conference schedules. Two of them are on the road. I know it's the nothing. And so my my pain is just, I guess the word is luck. It's sometimes there's a lull that you have to take a step back before you take a step forward. And I just see, I just see a step back for the Rutgers this year. Yes. I, I, We'll get to I, the- and I think that's why we get in, and it gets into the gains. I think that's why Shiano was ecstatic that they got that bowling yes, fight. Yes, yes. Because he knew, like, I had to have something to point at and say, I did that. Because I think he sees what he's up against in the year 2022. Yeah. We both believe in Greg Shiano. Absolutely. And that gets to our gains. I, I, I love Greg Shiano. I love what he's doing so far at Rutgers. He's brought in a ton of talent. You know, it's probably going to take a little while to translate, but he is getting players that they were not getting before he was And there. he's going to continue to do it because he believes in Rutgers. He is a guy that was born to coach there. He's the right guy that's going to take you into the forward. I think that Wimsett is a good quarterback. Find something that you're doing better at at the end of the year than at the beginning, and then just build on that going forward. Shiano can do that. Yep. All right. That gets us to the predictions. I will start out in seventh place at 0-9 in the Big Ten and 2-10 and overall. It's the team we just talked about. I have the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. 
I'll be honest with you, there was a bit of a coin flippy situation with the team that I have at sixth place mm-hmm. at three and nine, one and eight in the Big Ten, being the Indiana Hoosiers. Um, Indiana and Rutgers and Northwestern are the bottom three teams in the league. Um, I have them going a collective one and 26 in conference. Mercy. I don't think that's going to happen. My guess right. is those three teams will combine for at least two wins. But kind of back to the Northwestern thing, I don't know where to pick yeah. the win on this schedule. I think Rutgers is going to be just beaten down by the time we get to mid-October, and I think Indiana might have some of the same stuff. I'm telling you right now, these next three teams get tough then. There's three tiers to the Big Ten East. Okay. The top two, yep. the middle three, yep. and the bottom two. I think that's fair. At fifth, at seven and five overall, and four and five in the Big Ten, can already hear the screams coming from East Lansing. I have the Michigan State yeah, Spartans. Like, I mean, that's not crazy. Okay. Their over-under win total is seven and a half. Okay. That is a half game under their their win total. So I don't think I'm being crazy. Right. It's not crazy to say that they're going to go eight and four or even nine and three. But the the wins I have, I have them beating Michigan. Okay. Because why not? Their yeah. losses will be confounding to, to Michigan State fans, but Minnesota at Maryland and then Ohio State, that's a tough three-game schedule that I don't think Michigan State fans are understanding. I have the upset loss uh, at Illinois. Why? Because they beat Michigan, go on the road, sure. the gigantic you know, drop down. Sure. in. So that's how I have that going down. I feel they need to explain that a little bit to Michigan State fans because yeah. I think they're going to they're gonna, – jump all over me that means at number four at eight and four overall five and four in the big 10 the maryland terrapins i think we will see enough improvement out of their defensive coordinator and an extremely potent offense they Mm -hmm. will get one of those big wins this year which would be against michigan state which gets them to fourth in the big 10 at third as you can probably figure out at 10 and two overall seven and two in the big 10 the penn state Nittany Lions. Wow. Okay. So the huge swing game would be at the beginning of the year because that would drop them all the way down to nine and three, six and three if they would lose to Purdue. As of right now, unless I see something different, I am predicting Penn State to to win that game. And I can't get it out of my head on how good Penn State looked last year at the beginning of the year. Yeah. That Penn State team is I believe still in there. Sure. And I wonder if some of the quietness that we're hearing out of happy Valley is that they're secretly kind of happy with what they're seeing. I might be, I might be reading through the tea leaves too much. That's kind of how I feel it. (laughs) All right. Next up in second place at 11 and one overall eight and one in the big 10, the Ohio state Buckeyes. Wow. I thought you, you, you just kind of nodded. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Which means at 11 and one, Eight and one in the conference with that one loss being to Michigan State. I have the Michigan Wolverines repeating. Yes, that's right. Everybody is talking about Ohio State running away with this thing as if the games have already been simulated. Of course, Ohio State can go 12 and 0 and win this conference. Nobody, I would not put up a a huge argument against a Buckeye fan that would be chewing my ass potentially on this prediction. But I bet you know what I'm going to say. The physicalness of Michigan and what I saw last year going to be another cold game in the horseshoe in late November. It seems to be 
fitting for what Michigan wants to do. I got Michigan win the Big Ten East. Right. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Okay. Starting at the bottom here, I've also got the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Um, one thing I've noticed is you, yours, your predictions are a little more to the extreme, like extreme bad and extreme good. Than I don't mine. like that, but yes, I'm I'm a little more in the middle. So I've got them actually with respectable three and nine record, one and eight in conference. I've got them beating Indiana when Indiana travels out to Piscataway. Okay, but at sixth place, I've got the Indiana Hoosiers also at three and nine, but winning two games. In conference. Yeah, so kind of catching fire later in the year. Uh, no, I've got them beating Illinois out of the gate, and i got them beating Maryland. Okay. In an upset wow. for, for the Maryland. Okay. But speaking of Maryland, I've got Maryland in fifth place. This was tough, but as you said, this these this bunch of three teams was very difficult to, to figure out. I'm going with Maryland at 7-5, and 4-5 five, and five in the conference. Step up from there, I've got... The Michigan State Spartans okay. coming in at fourth place, right in the middle there. Good season, eight and four overall, six and three. Let's see who do I who do I got them beating? I've got them beating Wisconsin. I've got them beating, winning at Penn State to end the year. So a couple big wins, but then a drop dropping a couple as well that they should probably win. In third place, I have Penn State as well. Okay, so we've got the same yep. the same bunch of three right there. Nine and three overall, six and three. I've got them beating. A team called the Ohio State Buckeyes. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. I do. So that leaves the two, the big two, right? So coming in, I'll, I'll – how, how should I do this? Should I, I don't know. Let's rip the Band-Aid off, baby. Okay. I am picking the Ohio State Buckeyes to finish in second place. Wow. I at, thought for sure I was going to be alone with this. At 10-2. and two. Seven and two in the conference. So I've got the Buckeyes losing at Penn State, and I've got the Buckeyes losing to eventual champion Michigan at the end of the year. And I've got the Michigan Wolverines going eleven and one, losing on the road to Iowa at Canick, but eight and one in conference. And and so we have a rematch oh, wow. of of the and who do you have winning the Big Ten championship? I've got Michigan winning again, thirty one to seventeen. By the way, you mentioned their physicality. Something we have not mentioned yet. I loved this from Pick Six previews when Brett interviewed yes, Harbaugh, yes. and he mentioned Harbaugh mentioned the Ohio drill that they do every yes. single practice, where they do this physical goal line and uh, drill, and they're cranking music, and the intensity is off the chart. I think, I, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that one thing like that changed that game last year, but it changed their mentality. I think absolutely. And those things take hold. Um, it, honestly, it, if that if that game was played earlier in the year, I might switch it. Yeah. But the the pr- probable chance that it's cold and blustery, I think it hurts the Ohio State offense certainly more than it does sure. Michigan. Um, uh, another thing to point out here, I was going to say this at the beginning of the pod, but I thought it foreshadowed a little too much. Um, we are of a certain age where we grew up remembering the uh, big two, little eight yeah. comments that people used sure. to make about the Big Ten. We might be in the midst of a big two, little 12 yeah. right now. Yeah. I personally believe, breaking these teams down, that Michigan and Ohio State are quite a bit higher yeah. than any of the other teams in the conference. Sure, same thing. I, I don't, I, that, that might be damning for the conference, but I'm being completely honest yep. right now. Um, so already kind of saw it last year. We're used to it have just been Ohio state, right? 
So maybe this is actually a good thing where, like oh. in the SEC, you have Bama and Georgia. I think it's a great thing. So if you have Ohio State, Michigan here, the other side of it, you actually beat me to. You pointed it out. I do have extremes right now. I have Ohio State and Michigan very much at the top with those two. And then three teams at the bottom extremely struggling, which means I've got 11 bowl-eligible teams in the Big Ten, which yeah, right. I think is actually overall good for the Big Ten. Sure. Okay. Um, another thing I want to point out is um, the one person I, I kind of consulted with is uh, Darren the American, and I said, I'm thinking pretty hard about picking Michigan. Do you think that's crazy? And what I was trying to get at is, Am I trying to pick Michigan here to be the contrarian to all the Ohio State? I don't know. I can't I can't separate that out, but I can assure you it's not from fandom because I've had better interactions with Ohio State fans on Twitter than Michigan. Sure, yeah. And Michigan fans have been ruthless ever since the Big Ten Championship, but I also try to call this exactly how I see it, which is... I see the more physical team. That's it. And, and then the other thing I didn't point out is that defense that has a little bit of question marks for Michigan, look at their schedule to start out with. Like, they'll get it figured out sure. defensively and I think kind of roll through their schedule. By the way, that means I've got Michigan versus Minnesota in the Big Ten Championship, the which jug? is pretty cool because jug it's, game. it's for the jug, yeah. and they wouldn't have played each other during the regular season. That would be that great. Would be, yes. That would be awesome, right? I don't think they do. No, they don't. Uh, so that would be incredible. I have them winning 30 to 17. You said 31 to 17. 31 to 17. Yeah. <laughs> I said 30 to 17. Wow. Crazy. I completely, completely separate. Yeah, for me, that, I mean, so. I could have gone either way, Ohio State or Michigan. But then what what separated it for me was football's a physical game. And they, I feel like, are the more physical program right now. Did you it, think I would have Ohio State or Michigan? I I think that I thought you would pick Michigan. Really? To be honest with you, yeah. Really, yeah. I thought for sure you'd pick Ohio State. Okay. You, that one that one blew my mind. Um, the when I I surprised myself with Penn State being ten and two. That surprised me too. But but and and, and it it could be nine and three with as simple as a loss to Auburn. Okay. Sure. That's a that's a big swing game if you're looking at their 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 sure. their win total. Um and th- but uh, uh, Maryland. And Michigan State, there's a reason I brought up that game being a big one to me. Because if you flip that that right there, now you flip Maryland and Michigan State in the standings. Sure. That's how big one game can be. Yeah. Uh, we are less than six days away. By the way, I'm going to go on record as saying I want Illinois to play week zero every year. So you like it. I don't like it. I love it. Interesting. Does it help that it's against Wyoming? Uh. I don't, no, I because okay. I mean last year was Nebraska. I loved that. Okay, all right. No, I want to um, play week zero because number A, I never liked waiting till Christmas morning. So I get to it's like I get to open my presents a day early. You okay. know, a week early. I, I love case. standing room Spartans comment in in a DM message where he goes, "I love week zero, dot dot dot." Just as long as Michigan State's not one of the teams playing. I I, wanna, I, I agree with him. I want to play I every. Absolutely year. love the fact that I get to watch one Big Ten team play out of conference in Illinois. Yeah. And then Northwestern, yeah. Nebraska, which we will break it's down good. on the next podcast. Dude, I'm seriously, my nips are hard it's just thinking great. about yeah. that game. It's going to be a fun Saturday. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.